<laughs> Thank you, Steve. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Uh, excited to be here, man. Uh, just awesome, just to sit and just to, to hear what uh, was placed on your guys' hearts. Uh, Mosala and Norman, awesome, man. I see you guys as fathers in the faith. You know what I'm saying? I am a young man by age, so, you know, you guys are really... Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff just to go and pray and ponder and think about. Yeah, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is uh, Gregory Kassam. Uh, I'm from One City Church uh, there. Uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve is my pastor, and some of you might be wondering, wow, did I end up at One City Church? Well, I owe Steve some money a few years back. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my debts is almost paid. So when we enter into the new decade, uh, yeah, my debts will be paid, man. So yeah, I've just been, yeah, just, just working for him for over a year now. And it's been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Uh, but, on a, but on a serious note, uh, thank you so much, bro. Uh, as Steve says, we go back 15 years. Uh, we've got a good friendship. Uh, we share uh, a history uh, in doing uh, music together. And uh, when I, I had lunch with Steve uh, some time back, and I just told him about what God placed on my heart, and it was so encouraging uh, just to, to hear somebody just say, hey, if that's what God has called you to do, we want to stand behind you and pray for you, and we were just going to do everything in our power to make sure that everything works out. Huh? And, and Steve uh, introduced me to this wonderful guy, Gareth. Uh, the first time I met him, he phoned me. Uh, I work out in Amklanga. I know he stays this side of the world. And he drove all the way uh, to Gateway and we had coffee uh, and we had an awesome time, man. So thank you too, man. We meet you every third Monday. Uh, Gareth's doing his church planting course and it's just been so awesome and insightful. So I just want to also place on record my um, gratitude for you also. Also, just being like, just big brothers, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just being guys who are just coming alongside us and like, hey, you can do it, we're praying for you. Because this is awesome, guys. Uh, we, we, we come from backgrounds where we never have the support that we are seeing here, where churches don't work together, <laughs> where churches work in isolation. Uh, we come from hierarchical backgrounds. We come from triangle backgrounds. We don't, we don't work in circles. So to see this um, is awesome. And it's mind-boggling, and it's uh, doing a lot even for us as a team, just exposing the guys to this type of thing. And, yeah, it's just awesome. So why don't you give yourselves a big round of applause? Let's just thank the Lord. Mm. Awesome. So this morning, I want to speak to you about multiply gifting, multiply impact, right? I'm not going to be too long. I don't want you guys to cut me off like Rigby there. <laughs> so I'm going to be short. I'm going to be talking about multiplying gifting and multiplying impact. Uh, now, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, right? So we were heavy on the Holy Ghost, right? So, uh, so I grew up in an area called uh, Newlands East. Uh, I grew up in Newlands East, and we had a pack. We had a pack of guys. We used to, we used to walk around the community and, and just preach the gospel to people. So when I was in school, there was a different type of peer pressure because the majority of us were Christian, and we were hardcore Christian. And when people used to see us, they used to run away and stuff, but... We were like standing strong for a fight, but there was one guy, he was the unannounced leader. His name was Mervyn. His nickname was House, right? Because he was short, like my guy, and stumpy. <laughs> short and stumpy. House was a man of faith, right? One day we were walking down the road. I think I've told the story before. If you've heard it, uh, you can just hear it again. We were walking down the road one day, and a car came past and it knocked a dog. Knocked the dog, the dog lady on the floor, and House... 
He just walks up to the dog and is like, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And listen, church, that dog got up and ran away. <laughs> right? Now, whether that dog was dead or alive is another story, right? But my point is, Marvin was a man of faith. You know what I'm saying? Marvin used to pray for anything and everything. And that really stirred us, you know, as young people. We used to go, I remember one time the guys had a dude, they saw Sangoma walking down the road. I'm like, oh, Sangoma, it's the end for you. <laughs> guys, go up to the Sangoma, pray for the Sangoma, just do all those types of crazy things. So that's the background we come from, jumping in buses, jumping in trains, uh, just preaching to people outside of the workshop. For those of you who don't know, it's in the Durban City Center. There's a place there called a workshop, all right? For your white folks who don't go to the city. <laughs> it's called a workshop, right? We used to go out there and preach, right? And then I had a friend in the church, right? And I used to call him the Terminator, right? His name was Xavier. Xavier had no friends in the church. He actually had a satanic background. He was in Satanism. And when he came to faith, somehow he just took a liking to me, right? <laughs> And I was his only friend in the church. He used to just come to church. The pastor used to preach. He used to get on his bike and go home. But he was a very, very heavy on street, street preaching. So he used to come and pick me up, come with his helmet. We used to go into town. We used to preach. And we used to go into brothels sometimes. I'm like, bro, this guy is crazy. Right? And one day I was young in the faith, right? And we're standing outside the workshop. And he's preaching there. And then he just gives me the loud hail. And he's like, preach. I'm like, hey, bro, I don't think I'm ready for this. He's like, if you're ashamed of him before man, he's going to be ashamed of you before the angels. I'm like. <laughs> and... I took the loud hoiler, uh, said a few words, but I died, right? I died a <laughs> terrible death. I went home that afternoon and I slept. I thought I'm unworthy. Uh, but yeah, uh, enough of that, right? So I'm just talking about like how guys like Mervyn and Zavin, all these guys, these are guys who had faith and they really stirred me up, right? So I'm just going to read uh, this morning from Acts uh, chapter 8, uh, verses 1 to 8. We're going to read, uh, read that real quick. We're going to look at Paul. Uh, and we're going to look and see how Saul was persecuting the church. And we're going to see how the church responded, yeah? The Bible says, And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered, through, all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen, so Stephen was killed, and they made lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who heard them and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. Awesome. So in this passage of scripture, we see the church being persecuted by Saul. And the saints were scattered. But no amount of danger stopped them from sharing the gospel. Yeah, Wherever they found themselves. Right. This shows us that whatever or wherever the established believer is driven, they always carry the knowledge of the gospel with them and they share the word of the Lord, yeah? One of the things that really hit home for me was the fact that it was not a convenient time for them to preach. Their lives were under threat. They were living under duress. They were discomfort. They were uncomfortable. But 
something or a spiritual reality was evident in their lives where it overrode all types of danger that they were experiencing. So for them, it was always like, you know what? We are going to preach the gospel because something has happened to us. In the midst of their discomforts, in the midst of their danger, they continue to preach the gospel. Their lives were at risk, but in the midst of all, they were ready to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And we see how Philip goes down to uh, the city and he preaches and signs and wonders flow. And the Bible says there was joy in the city. Don't you want to be one of those people where you go and you share the gospel and you bring joy to their community? bring joy to the city. And this is what God is calling us to do as a church. We should be a church that is impactful and when we go into the communities with the power of the Holy Spirit and we do what God has called us to do, we want to see people filled with joy because they're experiencing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we mustn't shy away, church, from being used by the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we would sit and think, hey, Lord, I don't know how to go about it. If I pray for people, I'm not sure what's going to happen. We should just go by faith. And we should just trust God and say, Lord, we want to be those people who bring joy to the city, right? So this morning, I just want to leave you with three points in terms of how we are going to impact uh, our giftings. Number one, I think one of the main keys to multiplying our strengths and giftedness is to become sent ones. Right? Um, Masala talk, uh, spoke about, uh, about becoming disciples and how it starts with us, right? In our, in our small group, we were, t- we were speaking about becoming sent ones. Jesus told the disciples, just as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And the Bible says that after Jesus spoke these words, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So church, we need the Holy Spirit. If we are going to go out and if we are going to be impactful, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah? So when we talk about multiplication, we see every member in the church as a minister of the gospel. Where you are, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, wherever you find yourself in, God has given each and every one of you a sphere of influence and you should be a minister to the people that God has placed in your circle. Yeah? And that's point number one that I want to make. Number two, we will see the impact of believers and the church when we become everyday missionaries, right? Norman also spoke about that. An everyday missionary understands the Great Commission and prioritizes it daily. There is an expectation to be used by God on a daily basis to draw someone to Jesus, right? So when you become a disciple maker, you position yourself every day and say, Lord, show me opportunities where I can share the good news with somebody. And this is the stuff I've been speaking to my team as well. We have to become intentional about making disciples. Can somebody say intentional? We have to be intentional, right? We can pray about it and say it's something I really desire to do, but that's still not doing it, right? We have to be intentional and start doing, right? And next point is we were all created with a significant spiritual purpose, right? We were all saved for a specific mission. God has gifted each and every one of us, and he has placed us, as I said, in unique circles of influence, Right? So we need to identify what is the gift that God has given us. And we should use that gift to become impactful 
in our communities. We should be those people who bring joy to our communities, right? Even the Bible speaks of, in Ephesians 4, the Bible says the fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints so that the saints go out and do the work of the ministry, right? We come from a context where we had evangelism teams, and that caused the rest of the church just to chill and be laid back because we knew the evangelism team goes out once a month and they don't do evangelism. Our job is just to come to church. So now the paradigm is changing. We are all ministers. We are all called to preach the gospel. We are all called to make an impact, right? We all must be like Philip and say, Lord, can you use me to bring joy to my city? The disciples were, were concerned at one stage, and they're like, Jesus, we're going to go out. We don't know what to say. And Jesus says, don't worry what you will say. I will put the words in your mouth. So I think step number one is for us just to go and just trust the Lord. And we were speaking about just, just natural, practical things, man. Just have natural conversations with people. Just tell your story to somebody. People are forward. People like to hear stories, right? People love stories, right? So just tell your story. Sometimes you can be standing at a bus stop for, the, for, for those of us who take public transport, and someone can just come and stand next to you and say, hey, I've been having such a rough week. And you can say, hey, I've been having a rough week too, but you know what? I've been experiencing the peace of God in my life this week, and that's a platform that God has given you to share the gospel with somebody. So it's just a matter of us becoming conscious of when the Lord is presenting opportunities for us. So when we wake up every morning before we go to work, before we go to school, before we go to play and do whatever we're doing, we're saying, Lord, make us conscious of the opportunities that you are presenting us to preach the gospel. And we allow God to bring joy through us, to our communities, to our families, to our cities. And people should look and say, hey, those are the people of God. And we found refuge there because those people preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm sure each and every one of us this morning, we want to be impactful, yeah? We all want to be impactful. And for some of us this morning, you might not know what your gifting is. So what we're going to do, we're going to spread out in groups again. Maybe go to a group of people that you haven't met with in the first two sessions. And let's just talk about this thing. How do we identify our giftings and how we can use our giftings for the glory of the Lord, right? So just spread out in groups of fours and fives. And let's just speak and let's just grapple around this idea of how we can multiply our giftings and impact for the glory of God. And then we'll come back and we will pray.